0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Put It In The Vault podcast, formerly known as the Maroon Is All That Matters podcast. The vault was filling up mighty fast last episode, so we decided to add it to the name. I'm August Fort, alongside my co-host Hunter. Put It In The Vault. Ivan. What's up, everybody? And Bates. How you doing? We have a lot to cover today, including State LSU, the World Series, and we're going to take our very first caller in this episode. With that being said, let's get started, and I'd like to start today with a little golf action Today in the TVA Credit Union invite, freshman Hunter Logan fired a 5 under 67, including seven birdies on the card. This was the second best round at state all year, and Hunter, you played a lot of golf with Hunter back in high school. Are you surprised to see him succeeding this early in his career?
1: I'm not. You know, I'm really not surprised that he's doing this well. He's got a natural swing, and uh, he he deserves everything that he's getting right now.
0: He played extremely well today. His ball striking is there. If he can keep putting like he did today, you can expect to see this guy contending with a bunch of big-time names in the SEC this year. He moved up 42 spots today to a top-20 finish. The golf team will be in action this weekend at the Steelwood Collegiate Invitational in Mobile, and I will be present. I'm looking forward to, it, to seeing Hunter and the rest of the team in action. And let's move on now to the game in Davis Wade this weekend. Mississippi State and LSU. LSU came to town and won by a final score of 36-13. to 13. Bates, you were one of the few that stayed the whole entire game. What were you feeling about this one?
2: You know, we, we really came out strong. Uh, once they hit us in the mouth, though, there was no coming back. Uh, I did decide to stay till the end. You know, I wanted to watch every last minute of it. Obviously, they slowed it down. Uh Coming towards the end, we got ourselves a garbage time touchdown there. Uh, didn't affect the spread or anything, so no uh, backdoor covers for the betting market. But, uh, you know, that that first half was a lot of fun, I'm going to say. First 20, 25 minutes, I think we went and performed above what we were expected to do, what anyone could have given us to do. It was the second 40 minutes where it got rough there for a while. Uh, Hunter,
1: I uh, 100% agree. I think. I mean. I know we lost big, but I truly believe that's the uh, the best our defense has played this whole year. I think they rallied behind Moorhead and uh, came out uh, ready to play. Uh, even even watching them on the sidelines before the game, you could tell how hyped they were and how ready they were to play, and uh, that was exciting. Davis Wade was rocking in the rocking first half. Uh, it was really loud. Uh, I loved it. It was probably the loudest environment thus far this season. Um, I don't know
0: about that. It was pretty loud for. Well,
1: Ford. No, this, this is lie. Lie. this is the loudest. Yeah, this is the loudest environment thus far in Davis Wade for sure. Uh, and uh, I, you know, Kentucky. It was
0: hotter for Kentucky. No, I know. it was not. Fort. I know <laughs> what you're talking about. You're talking. About I don't talking about the picks. I was probably just being biased because I laid fifty dollars on LSU covering the spread and they did cover, so I won myself a hundred bucks. But.
2: Uh, I, I guess get that, I but I, to know what you're
1: I know what you're referring to about the Kentucky game. You're referring to the, the pick six on the first possession that Willie Gay had in his first game of the season. That, yeah, Davis Wade was rocking. But this LSU game, man, uh, you could definitely tell that the crowd was involved because our defense was getting stops left and right. We were –
0: The bad thing is, you mentioned the defense, the defense gave up 413 yards, they gave up over 400 yards and we are considering this one of our better defensive performances. I'm gonna agree, if you just look at the eye test, it did look like our defense was playing better than past weeks, which I still don't think it was great. I still think in the second half, LSU's offense really got their way and tore us up, especially Joe Burrow. But I think we saw improvement Slightly, I still, I still think we're terrible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can't. We turned the ball. There's a straighter had a couple of bad interceptions. And but yeah, but I mean, if if you
1: truly go back and watch that game, our defense, they were there. Okay, we've got to force turnovers. we, so yes, we, we had a good
0: defense. We had to force turnovers. We didn't force. We haven't
1: found walk. our identity. On Red places.
0: zone defense Different story Yes That was yes. I'm going to give a lot of credit for. Red zone defense was locked down it, should, it could have been easily 21 to nothing yeah. and It was 9 to nothing
1: Exactly And that's what I'm saying Like this was By far the best performance But I know I know you're bringing up The 400 yards But you got to think about it It's also Jer- Joe Burrow And the LSU Tigers Yeah Joe Burrow the, real, the best real. team in the
0: country <clears throat> Ivan you're The best year What yeah. did you see from LSU In that game
1: um,
3: They brought out A vanilla playbook Just cruised Through everything You know um Joe did his thing. He started off kind of slow, but like I said, they weren't really trying to blow us out. They were just trying to win and go home. And that's exactly what they did. They won and went home.
0: We did dominate time of possession, 34 Bass. minutes to 25 minutes. Yeah. That's a positive thing. But it's also LSU had a couple of drives where they scored in 10 seconds.
3: Like always. That's the LSU offense. But that state defensive line surprised me this, uh, this Look Saturday. at this number.
0: LSU was 3 of 11 on third down. That is a good defensive number right there. Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the defense was improved. But let's talk about this for a second. After the game, Joe Moorhead said, quote, the team is heading in the right damn direction. Do you all think that the team is heading in the right direction like Joe does?
2: Um, f- strictly from last week, yes. But you got to have consistent performance. Like, if we come out next week with the same energy – uh, some of my sources on the sidelines said this is the most hype. They have seen Moorhead his entire career here at State.
0: I, I'd like to say something about that real quick. If this is what it takes, if it takes Joe Moorhead's seat being blazing and us being one of the worst teams in the SEC for him to get fired up and show a little bit of enthusiasm, that's pretty sad. Because in my opinion, Joe should be coming out every game, no matter who we're playing, no matter what our record is, with the same enthusiasm he had before this last game. And I personally think we are not heading in the right direction at all. We are obviously regressed. We have regressed from Dan Mullen. We have regressed from last year's Joe Moorhead exactly. in a big way.
1: And I'd like to add to that. Um, he in his press conferences he keeps he keeps bringing up the fact that he's trying to build something here, and that's something just, was already built. Exactly. That's what that's what I want to just add on right now. Uh, We went from Sylvester Kroon era to the Dan Mullen era where we were relevant for about two or three years. People were talking about Mississippi State everywhere. Joe Moorhead comes in and the hype is just through the roof because, you know, offensive guru, you know, we're thinking, okay, we're going to put up points and we're not going to have to worry about our defense. But that's just not the case. But no, all he
3: wants to do is a
0: freaking quarterback sneak every five (laughs) minutes and it gets stuffed every time. Yeah, it's it's not. I'm telling you, play calling is a big issue because I think we've got a. I think we've got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, like if he was a great play caller, you could give a good play caller. The guys we got: Garrett Trader, Gidry's good. Osiris Cyrus Mitchell's Mitchell, having a Colin big year. Hill, Colin Hill Rod might Green, be the best running back in the Thomas, We like, have look at the look at. You just named all these guys that we have on offense. We have a plethora of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And we're not doing anything with it. No, we're not. And speaking of Gidry, Gidry had a game. Gidry he did. Gidry had, Gidry had six receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So played a good game. Juco product. Juco product. Juco product. Even Guidry, he's having a good year, I think. Out this wish, we've really got some big-time receivers who I, I think are a lot better than their numbers show. And this past couple of years, we really haven't been putting up big-time passing numbers to let those receivers. I just want to add this real quick. If – if going, if starting out three and four is going in the right direction, I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of. That. That's a, that's very true. I wish you could say that to Joe Moorhead because we are three and four. Going to be, you have to fight to the death to make a bowl game if we do. But this is definitely not us heading in the right direction. In other action around the country, some big Big Ten games happened this weekend. Wisconsin. Got, was a 30-point favorite versus Illinois, and they lost that game. Trap game. Trap game. Penn State beat Michigan 28-21 to 21 in another big game in the Big Ten. Guys, let's talk about the Big Ten. We didn't really talk about the Big Ten last week. They're a very interesting conference. I think they've got some good teams, and whoever comes out of there is going to be a legitimate playoff championship contender.
1: I truly, uh, I truly believe that there's not anybody in the Big Ten that can hang with Ohio State right now.
0: So you're not a, you don't think Wisconsin or
1: Mm-mm. Penn State could beat them? I tr- I just don't, man. I mean, just based off their track record, uh, I just I don't see it happening. The good thing is that they do have Wisconsin and Penn State at home in Columbus. Exactly, and I mean, you want to talk about one of the most intimidating places to play in the Big Ten? I mean, that's it. And I just I, I personally do not see uh, Penn State nor Wisconsin getting it done in Columbus. Uh, Ivan, what do you think about Ohio
0: State? Uh, I don't see anyone messing with them either, like Hunter said. Ohio State's numbers are insane. Their offensive yards ranked fifth in the country. Their defensive total yards ranked second. You have two categories in the top five in the nation. That is very scary from the Buckeyes. That's a force to be reckoned with. But but I will say this, Ohio State
1: does kind of scare me um, because, you know, I say – that you know they're this force to be reckoned with, but they remind me of the Clemson teams from the 2010, 2013, 2014 Deshaun Watson? No, the Taj Boyd era oh, okay. where the Clemsoning was a thing. You know they'd be they'd be prevalent. You know everybody would think okay they can do something then they would lose to a random team.
2: Ohio State that, is. That's the Ohio, That's not is, even Clemson. Ohio State's done that the past two years. Purdue. Purdue yes. I so mean, that's. That's a common theme with the yeah. Ohio State teams in the past. They're one-loss teams that their loss is to a Virginia Tech or exactly. a Purdue who yeah. wasn't relevant that year. So
0: if Ohio State does run a table, you think they will have a chance to beat an Alabama or Oklahoma?
2: Or I don't Ohio think sure. running the table. There, if they can get into the playoffs, I think they can hang with them. At the same time, though, I mean, Wisconsin – not Wisconsin. Uh, Ohio State has put up great numbers, but, I mean, their opponents haven't been anything right. special so far. Exactly. They're, the most talented team they played, I think Cincinnati is the highest ranked. Michigan State, maybe. Mich- Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, Manhattan. Michigan State. Yeah, they have Wisconsin
0: that. this weekend. That should be a big Wisconsin game. Wisconsin will
2: be their first real test. But I think we'll, the big,
0: I we'll think the thing about this talent in the Big Ten is there's so many good teams that you can't mess up at all. Because, I mean, Ohio State has Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan left on the schedule. And they, those are three talented teams. Exactly. They, they have to play their best. Ball against to beat them, I mean, and if they slip out, slip up more than once, they're not going to make the playoff. Yeah, and I do think a one loss Big Ten champion, no matter who it is. I mean, I think does Michigan have one loss or two losses right now? Michigan has two right now, so Michigan's out. But if Penn State, Wisconsin, or Ohio State, either of them have one or one loss, they'll get in the playoff as a Big Ten champion. I can see that, and I think Ohio State does
1: have the. Um, they do have the firepower on offense to to do damage to some teams.
0: They just we really like they said they haven't we haven't seen them play anybody no. yet, but and I think
1: they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good team. They're I mean Absolutely. I just yeah like like you're saying we, we they really haven't played anybody. I I wouldn't even say that Cincinnati's the you know the the hardest team they played. i
2: I'll would probably, even probably say mid- Northwestern, Nebraska.
0: Say, and that's saying a lot because neither of those teams are very exactly. Very there's a,
2: there's a lot of good teams. It's Separating the good from the great is what's difficult. And I do think Ohio State's one of those great teams, but are they top four? This is going to be the question that comes out to at the end of the year.
1: I feel like right now they are the top four. Actually, it's tough. I keep forgetting Yeah, about let's discuss Clemson.
0: this. Right now you have Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Clemson. One of those teams is getting left out. The playoffs started tomorrow. Who's getting left out?
3: The playoff started tomorrow. The team that will get left out will probably be Ohio State. I
1: don't see that. I, I would leave I would, Clemson, I Clemson out. I think Clemson has we not know. shown any. I know they said, won the
3: championship last year, but they have not shown You said right any. now. By the end of the season, I think Clemson is going to get booed. I think, like I said, I think South Carolina will be Clemson. I believe that. Put it in the vault. <laughs> we're,
2: we're, I see that. But, but tw- if you have these five undefeated teams on the table like we do right here, which by the end of the year won't happen, of course, but I mean, who do you take among those five? I'm leaving Clemson out 100%. I just I would hate to see an undefeated Clemson
0: get in over a one loss LSU with their only loss being at Alabama. Exactly, that right. would be, 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 well, be well. that would be bad. Because in that case, I think LSU could beat Clemson if they had to play each other. Like they it wouldn't would close. It would be close. I think ten Clemson. points. I think ten points. LSU could beat them by ten easy. But that would just be very unfortunate. I wouldn't for LSU. be saying
1: any of this if that game and uh, <clears throat> the game against North Carolina didn't come down to the way it did. They've had two games
0: come down the wire, haven't they? they used to play some bad ugly football. Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence, Trevor is not Lawrence consistent leads, right leads now? the ACC and in interceptions.
1: That dude is still a stud, but he's not playing. And that's, long, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like he's not he's not sophomore slump. It's got to be, man. Like Jake Fromm. Hold <laughs> oh,
0: up, Jake Fromm never had a <laughs> sophomore slump. Jake Fromm's been <clears> attending <throat> for championships for 3 years. But anyway, this well, is m- this is Nothing is going to change my
1: opinion on Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. I just want to let that be known. put if it in the vault, listeners. Just not even a international championship.
0: A okay, national goals. championship, mate. but uh, all right. When he beats Florida and he wins ACC championship, we'll have to. Yeah, he's already guy. won
2: an SEC championship, so obviously that's not enough for him.
0: It's he's not. a he's a present guy. Anyway, he's just a good guy. Fact. The, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that there's a bunch of good teams right now, and it is college football, so there's bound to be some upsets to knock out one oh, or two sure. of these teams. And you can't forget about everybody's favorite team, Notre Dame, lurking around with one loss.
1: They don't even have a good win.
2: They don't. They don't. They don't. They're going to need multiple two-loss conference champions if Notre Dame They play Michigan
0: champions. this weekend. That, could, that would probably be their biggest win of the year.
2: It, yes, but at this point Michigan already has two losses. If they beat them, that will be a third loss. Will Michigan beat Ohio State? We're going to be talking their best win is against a four-loss team.
0: It's very true, but the playoff is, there's bound to be some major changes coming in the upcoming weeks. But let's switch gears. Let's just go
1: ahead and look at this. Uh, So, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame currently have no wins over a ranked team.
0: It's very interesting. None? None.
1: Hmm. None. The only team, LSU is the only team in the country that has two ranked wins. They beat Florida and Texas.
0: Texas, Texas. yeah. Okay, That's a really good. Go Tigers!
1: <laughs> Auburn, California, Colorado, Florida, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, Georgia, USC, South Carolina, Stanford, Wisconsin, and Wyoming are the only ones that have one win over a ranked team,
0: and Bama, Clemson, don't.
1: Alabama, Clemson, nor Notre Dame. No, no one's it. really worried about Notre Dame, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it'll it be interesting is. to see. Yeah. Be- so,
2: before we uh, move off the Big Ten, I want to mention Minnesota is that another sneaky team. Okay. Minnesota's
0: uh, going to get killed by everybody in the Big Ten. So you can just. But
2: Wisconsin already has one loss. If, you can take that out of the vault if, if it was in the vault. I mean, if Minnesota already has one. Minnesota's undefeated. Wisconsin already has one loss in conference play. Even if Wisconsin beats Minnesota and then Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, Minnesota wins that division. Nah, I don't think that's going to happen. It's, it's not, And it, it, Does that have, uh, hurt Ohio State's playoff chances with a win in the championship game over Minnesota instead of Wisconsin?
0: I mean, it would, but if Ohio State's undefeated, it won't matter.
2: What, if, what about a one-loss Ohio State team?
0: I think a one-loss Ohio State team will be in over a one-loss Clemson team if Clemson loses to South Carolina. Yeah, I
1: see that as well. And they
3: will but lose this. to South Carolina. Put it in the I didn't really like uh, uh, to put that speaking game of the ball. south
1: carolina uh that game would be a lot different if uh I know you saw the the holding uh the the, uh, the receiver holding the um the defensive back all the way down the field by his jersey and then the pick pl- for the touchdown and then at the very end of the game, Kyle Trask, third best quarterback in the SEC yeah, rolls out to the right rolls out to the right for the bootleg pass with the pick play will must have had a reason to be hot. Take those two touchdowns. Those are two away and really that's a good game. games from South Carolina. South Carolina's no pushover, man. No pushover. It'll
0: be very interesting. <laughs> they have the
1: hardest schedule in the country.
0: They do. They have played they some do. very good. They played Bama, too, in early in the year, didn't they? They played Bama, yes. Yeah. They, tough uh, tough schedule.
1: See. Have they already played a now I'm not sure. I don't think. Actually, I don't think they played AM.
0: But let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk some NFL action. The New Orleans Saints went to Chicago this weekend, and they beat the Bears without Drew Brees and without Alvin Alvin Kamara. Is Sean Payton the best coach in the NFL? Jared
3: Cook did not play either, by the way, and yes, he is. Sean
0: Payton is a genius. Bates, do you think Sean Payton's the best coach in the NFL? I think he's second best. He's one, Bill Belichick?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no comparison.
0: No comparison? You don't think it's close? No. I mean, I know that Bill has won all the Super Bowls, but if you just look at what Sean Payton is doing with the Saints right now, with what he has, it's truly remarkable. Yeah, it's I been mean, fantastic Bill Belichick one has, season, Bill,
2: Bill, Be- Bill Belichick done for the past two decades? Had
0: the best quarterback
2: in NFL history. Who, Drew Brees? Or, no, no, I Tom mean, Drew Brees Brady. is He's, right up there with Tom Brady.
3: That's an argument for a different day. I can argue about this Drew Brees, Tom Brady debate. All day, every day. Drew Brees is the best quarterback in the league. What about and, Sean
0: Payton, though? Uh, what makes Sean Payton better than Bill Belichick? Look what Bill Belichick has. And what well, has had I, well, I think we can both say they're both great coaches. Yes. Very top, Hall of Fame, best of NFL Bro, coaches. Bro, I'm a Die diehard Saints fan. I'm from
3: New Orleans, right? The Saints have been trash since I was born until they won a, damn, a dang Super Bowl. All right? We had, like, four seventy nine seasons in a row. Like, we were completely trash. He and
0: transformed the whole franchise.
3: transformed the whole franchise into a winning team.
0: I think you can say Sean Payton's the best offensive coach in the NFL. Bill Belichick's the best defensive coach in the NFL. I can see it. But I do – right now I think Sean Payton's a better coach. Because I watched that game on Sunday, and I said that the Saints have no business winning this game. It's Chicago. <laughs> it's late October. It's freezing cold. Chicago's mad. They need to win this game to make a statement. The Saints don't have that's. three of their best players and they win the football game. I was like, this is – they didn't win it. They dominated well, they the football That game was they not dead. even close. Chicago got an all-side kick the only reason it was even, the score was even close.
1: Well, let's be real. All it took, you know, the Saints – the Saints are known for losing one game in the early season and just going on a roll. This I don't for think the they can, can lose another game through. this year.
0: I, I can't say that. Whoa. I can't say that. They play the 49ers in New Orleans coming up. That will be a 49ers monster game. to win.
1: And here's win. the deal. Here's the here's deal about that. I I think the fact that they lost this game early in the season to the Rams of all teams was a reality check. And I just – I can see them losing another game because it's the NFL. You can, you never know in the NFL. But, dude, it's – they're for real. Like they're I doing this it. with Teddy Bridgewater.
3: I'm a Dallas Saints fan, right? Three years ago, we made our first run at the Super Bowl. We lost to Minnesota to go to the NFC Championship, to that heartbreaker. I've I cried like a baby, not even going to lie. That season, we lost the first game and won everything else. The, the next season, we came back, did the exact same thing, and then lost to the Rams off the no-call. Yeah. This year, we, lost, we won the first game, won the second, but lost the third, and now we're on another roll with
0: Teddy at quarterback, putting up tremendous numbers. Everybody who's before the year said the Saints were not going to be good were out of their mind because the Saints have been the last four years that the Saints are one of the – the Saints are clearly one of the best teams so in the NFL.
3: Whoever said that is, like, see senile. Like,
0: <laughs> some experts, yeah. some NFL experts said the Saints weren't going to be very good this year. But <laughs> He probably played Atlanta. <laughs> but if the Saints <laughs> <laughs> – And look at Atlanta
2: now. They're <laughs> if,
0: awesome. If the Saints played the Patriots tomorrow, who would win? Is Drew Brees playing or not? Because he could be back next Drew Brees week. is playing. Let's say Drew Brees they're is, winning. say everybody's 100% healthy. They're winning. Neutral side. Who's winning? Saints is winning. I believe in the Saints defense. Saints defense is Nasty nice right now. It's bro. legit. Yes. I mean, the Patriots defense is like next level. I mean, they're crazy, but they haven't played anybody. Patriots haven't given up more than uh, 214 all year, but they've also been, they played the Dolphins twice a year. So, I mean, that's obviously going to boost your stats. <laughs> New Orleans has been playing a they played a pretty tough schedule. I mean, they, these guys that Teddy Bridgewater's been beating are good football teams yes. by all standards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think if they played, I, I think the Saints would win because the Saints' offense is that much better. Saints have so many playmakers on offense. Michael Thomas and the best he's receiver. Just saying though. No. Why are you saying no?
2: He's playmaker. I mean, the Patriots just had another playmaker today, Mohamed mm-hmm. Sanu, in the mm-hmm. trade. He went to bed
1: 1-5 and, and woke up 7-0. How ridiculous is that? Who? Muhammad Muhammad. Oh, yeah. That's pretty How nice. How ridiculous
2: is that? <laughs> it's good for Went Muhammad. Went
1: to bed 1-5 and, and woke up 7-0. and oh.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty nice dream. It's nice, it's
2: nice to get, hit that restart button. The of the season. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, he, the, he's the real winner. But here's the show. thing. New You're NBA talking
0: Mahomet's new Michael Thomas exactly. and company.
3: Exactly. So, and I was going to ask, who honestly has a better offense?
0: New Orleans. New Orleans. Better play calling better, yeah, better playbook. Like, Did y'all see the fullback option then, ran? where they handed the ball to the fullback and then the fullback pitch pitched it? I was like, that is genius. Like, who would come up with that? Sean Did Payton. You? That was unreal. <laughs> That's a I was like, you guess. don't see that stuff. You can put that in the vault. <laughs> put it in the vault. New Orleans is a legit contender. I'd love to see them in the Super Bowl. That would be awesome. And let's go ahead and talk some baseball, too. The World Series is going on as we speak. It is the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. Guys, who do y'all like to win the World Series? I know it's already started, but let's make a quick prediction here. Who do you like, mates?
2: Astros all the way.
1: hundred. Uh, Astros, they have the hot bat right now, and uh, it's very important. That's Ivan.
3: I'm going to be honest with you. I do not watch bat. baseball, so... I'm going to guess. We say Astros. I'm going to just follow the trend.
0: I'm going to pick the Nationals. I think if they can steal one early in the series, going against Garrett Cole or Justin Berlander, no know both of these guys have been dominant. But if they can steal one early, I think Patrick Corbin and Annabelle Sanchez, really on the back end of that Washington rotation, can lock up a couple wins for them in the end. I just think the back end of that rotation is better than the Astros back end. I think that Washington hit the ball a little bit better. I know they also played the Cardinals, which were not as good as the New York Yankees. But I'm just going to make a little sleeper pick and go with Washington in this series. But look at the numbers on these well, starting Ford, Are you ready to put that in the vault right I now? I don't know if I'm quite putting it in the vault, but that is my pick. I'm picking the Washington Nationals to win the World Series. But listen to these numbers. Garrett Cole has a 0.4 ERA in the playoffs. Verlander a 3.7 ERA. That's crazy good. And listen to the Nationals. Max Scherzer has a 1.8 ERA. And Steven Strasburg a 1.6 ERA. This is going to be a low-scoring... World Series. If you're betting bed the under every single game, there's not going to be a lot of runs scored in this series. But I expect it to be... Both these teams are legit. They made it here for a reason. I expect this to be a good series. Bates, you watch a lot of baseball. What, what are you looking for in this series?
2: I, I think it'll just come down to you know, who can string together a few hits. Uh, yes, the home run's been the talk of the year, and Justin Verlander in particular is known for giving up those deep balls. Uh, but I really think it'll come down to more of you know who can, who can hit a single and follow it up with a nice double that can, you know who can make that good, good base running. It'll come down to the little things, uh, and I really think the Astros are better in their fundamentals that way with Altuve, Correa, Springer, guys like that. They are the
0: Astros are loaded. I'm not going to deny it, but I just feel like in baseball, like the and Yankees, the Yankees were Yankees and the Dodgers were clearly all year the two best teams in the MLB. Man, clearly yeah, beyond at, a the doubt. The
2: Astros were always in that mix. the
0: Astros, Astros were up there, but I mean if you ask anybody who's best team in the National League, who's best team in the American League, they would have most of them would have said Dodgers, Yankees. And the Dodgers and Yankees are sitting on their couches watching the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros playing the World Series. It's baseball. This is how it's been since it started. So I'm just think I think if the Nationals can play you know, Pride's it's probably gonna go seven, if they can play seven good baseball games, they'll be hoisting the trophy at the end of the series. Either way, I think there's a bunch of weapons on both teams. It's going to be a great series. But let's go ahead and uh, we can flip back to some football action. Let's talk about Mississippi State and Texas A&M this weekend. Hunter, what are you expecting to see out of the Bulldogs this weekend versus A&M? You
1: know, um, my gut feeling right now is telling me that uh, A&M is just going to absolutely dismantle us in Kyle Field. Um, But, you know... We kind of owned a And M in this series since they've came to the SEC. We really have, other than I the Johnny I, Manziel yeah, that's about years. I said, the only time yeah. we lost has really been Manziel. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how we do it, but um, I think I think we're gonna have to be playing our A game for sure. I just I don't see us going in there without our A game and
2: getting anything done. I think this will be the game that really tells if we're headed in the right direction. I think LSU stopped the bleeding. Uh, this will be the one. Say if we have turned the corner, if we can come out get a win. Then yes, I will. I will believe that we have made right. significant improvements.
3: I've been saying <clears throat> for like the past three weeks, I think we're going to beat A and M. I don't know why. I have a feeling we're just going to beat them. And then A and M almost
1: lost to Arkansas <clears throat> in that close, retarded game. And if we're being honest, uh, Ole Miss had that game won last week. Yeah. Ole Miss had that game won last week. I ain't lost a chance to Watch it. It was rough. Uh,
0: I saw that Ole turnovers. Miss – I saw they yeah. were playing two quarterbacks like the whole game.
1: Yeah. Uh, they had two turnovers late. That's a terrible late. coaching Oh, move. It is. It is. Uh, they had two turnovers late in the game
0: to uh, lose the game. They were up 17-10 to at one point. So Ole Miss should have won the game. Or 17-14. Yeah. I'm going to take a little different perspective on this game. I think this is a must win for Jimbo Fisher for him, his fans not to start calling for his job because they're paying him like – An absurd amount of money. I think he's got to win this game because if he loses this game, you're going to start questioning bowl eligibility. But I think Jimbo's got to win this game, and I think Jimbo is a better coach, a whole lot better coach than Joe Moorhead. So I expect Texas A&M to beat us. I have no idea how close this game can be because I've not seen – personally, I've not seen anything out of Texas A&M all year. I got to stay. Well, we'll pick the game later in the podcast, but – I, I, I just want to say
2: I don't I don't know if the will be for with Fisher's head. We talked about tough schedules earlier, mm. but uh, if we're looking at the three losses A has had so far this year, it's Clemson, Gosh, I mean, them Auburn, fans. Alabama. That's three top ten teams, and they still have Georgia and LSU, two more top ten teams. That is five top ten teams they've got to play. That is a tough. schedule. So with if they drop a game to us, then what's that? Six wins they can have at it most. It's going to be they're going to come out with a. Both teams are near desperation. And I feel like when, when you get to that state, you got to throw a lot of uh, hot streets, you got to throw a lot of town out the window. It's whoever wants it more on the field. And We're going to see who that well, is. I guess
0: we will see. And, and can't throw out the fact that it is in College Station, a little home field advantage there. It's a long trip for the guys. But A&M, even when Kevin Sumlin was winning all those games with Johnny Football, those coaches, I mean, their fans still were unhappy because they expected a national championship. So if they keep seeing – big time Jimbo drop these games that he's supposed to be winning, they're not gonna be happy. Either way, our fans aren't happy, their fans aren't happy. This is a very interesting game on a lot of per on a lot of standpoints because of this, because of the both teams really needing this victory to get on the right track to get to a bowl game. Any other thoughts on this game? Hell State. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the other big game in the SEC. We have Auburn and LSU, 230 CBS in Baton Rouge. This one should be a fun one if you're a believer in Auburn, that they even have a chance. Guys, uh, Ivan, let's see what you have to say about Auburn coming to town. What do you think? Well, I think, I think that I think that Auburn is better than most people think. I'm not, I think Bo Nix is not what Bo Nix is supposed to be, but I think he's competent. I think Gus Balzan's a good play caller. I think he, he puts Bo Nix in good spots. Last week, Bo had a good game. I don't think he turned the ball over. He ran the ball effectively. He didn't throw for many yards, but he's not throwing for many yards. But I think their offense is – it's not great. It's okay. Auburn's defense is legit. I think we saw that when we played them. Their defensive line is legit. I think Auburn's defense is good. I would bet the under in this game, I think it's going to be a defensive game for the first time all year for LSU. I think Auburn can slow them down. But I think LSU – I don't know. It's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a really close game. I don't
1: think uh if Bo Nix is gonna get intimidated in any environment this year, it will be an
0: LSU. He can, it looks like he got intimidated and gained for.
1: I don't know, man. I think Florida was just a better team all around. I think Florida's defense is legit. But uh I mean he went on the road in Kyle field and handled business. Uh he did. I mean he only had a hundred passing yards, but uh he he still led his team to victory. Uh, I don't think that any anywhere else other than Baton Rouge, I don't think he's going to have a problem playing all year. I think this is going to be the game to prove if Bo Nix is for real or not. Base, what do you think? Well, I think the
2: identity of any successful Gus Malzahn team has been the running game. Uh, so, you know, trying to put it on on Bo Nix, not getting those fancy stats, you know, that's, that's not a lot, especially considering what he can contribute uh, running the ball as well. But... um if this truly does come down to a defensive matchup, I mean, I like Auburn's defense more than LSU's. If I had to pick one to get a stop, uh, fourth down, third down, whatever it be, uh, I would rather have Auburn's defense on the field. So
0: Auburn is, you're talking about Gus Malzahn, didn't rush offense. Is, Auburn is averaging 230 yards per game on the ground, and that is 20th in the nation, which is very good.
3: I still don't see... <clears throat> Go Tigers! By the way, I still don't see. <clears throat> I don't see this being a close game, honestly. I feel
0: like I feel like it's either going to be a blowout by LSU or yeah. Auburn's going to win it. I just feel like see, it's either one of. I see LSU, and I feel like, but I do feel like there's a better chance that Auburn. Blo- I mean, that LSU blows this thing out because Auburn mean, wins it.
3: In my opinion, I think Florida's defense better than Auburn's, and we saw what Joe Burrow did against that defense. Played good, amazing.
2: Yeah. Are there any keys they could take away from, you know, perhaps if they saw what Florida was messing up on, plus they saw some of the success uh, Missouri State's defense had in Auburn with a much better defense than Missouri State, if they could implement some of those same concepts, do you think they could run into better execution?
3: Um, Well, against the state game, like I said, that was a vanilla playbook. We was just. True. We were, <laughs> I remember laughing at the game because Joe with those sled walk. Run the ball. Walk up. Yeah, he was,
1: he was definitely hitting his last progression in that game. Like there was no, okay, we're gonna air it out. We're just gonna we're just gonna march down the field. We're we're gonna we're gonna read our progressions, hit the very last guy. If it's open, we'll throw it, but we're not gonna take any chances right now. And they knew we were hungry. They knew in that environment that we were So did come y'all
0: think like, we're talking about this game again, which is fine, but did y'all think at any point? that we actually had a legitimate shot to win that football game, even when we scored that touchdown? I was nervous. I ain't even going to lie. No, nah, um, I was like, we have no chance. I was,
3: I was nervous first half. When it was 9-7, I
0: No, was look, when LSU kept, look- glimmer of hope. LSU 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 kept going nine. into the red zone and kicking yeah, field goals, I was like, points. they're eventually yeah. going to score touchdowns. Like, our defense yeah. is not that good. I mean, they're going to be able <laughs> to punch ball in the end zone. I guess I was just trying to have a little hope in the offense.
3: And yeah, it failed me once again.
0: <laughs> well, Ford, what do you think about this Auburn LSU game? This is what I'm thinking. I'm looking at this right here. It says that last season and in Auburn, LSU came as a 10 point underdog and won they, 22 and, to 21. And they won 22 to 21. This year, Auburn comes to LSU as a 10 point underdog. Could we see a little reverse here and see Auburn win in an upset over the Tigers? I don't know. I'll give my pick later. In the show But I think we can all agree Maybe we'll see a really good football game Saturday at 2.30 Oh
1: yeah, I, I think it'll be one of the best SEC primetime games of the year One of them I don't think it will be the Bama LSU game
2: That we all are waiting for but So far all the primetime games have had LSU Really? The Florida LSU game The Auburn LSU game coming up Bama LSU will be game of the century 2.0 At this rate what
0: about Alabama and LSU getting a 2.30 slot? I really want to see that game under the lights.
3: That pissed me off.
0: I'm going to lie. It's really unfortunate. That game, if any game, one versus two, should be under the lights in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's going to be a great football game regardless, but that would be a great night game.
1: Yeah, I, I think the whole country wanted it to be a night game. I don't think it's just us. Yeah, I think <laughs> I agree. the whole entire country wanted it to be a night game. Uh, so, Who they pick as a ESPN seven o'clock game?
0: Oh well, I mean CBS gets your pick of the game of the
2: week. Well, yeah, I get that. I get that, but I have no idea. It's gonna be hard to find it's someone. To re- it's not Mississippi State to replace that slide. You no, you know, put that State. State. We're not you playing another night game the the rest of, of the year. We're terrible.
0: We're now glad to welcome our first caller. We have Aaron from Baton Rouge on the phone with some very strong feelings on Joe Moorhead and the game this weekend. Aaron, you are on the Put It in the Vault podcast.
4: Appreciate it, August. Good to be on the show, guys. Look, I just want to discuss and get y'all's input on the absolute lack of pride that I witnessed on the sideline on the Mississippi State side last Saturday, okay? I was not at Davis Wade Stadium, but I was watching it at a bar in Baton Rouge, okay? This bar offered free shots whenever LSU scored, so everybody wearing yellow and purple, could barely walk out of that bar at the end of the game. I refused to drink those shots, but I would say, I did tell the bartender, I said, look, next time Mississippi State scores, let me get around. I never had to open my billfold because we couldn't score. I didn't think we were going to win the game. I didn't think we were going to lose by 63 August. That was a pretty bad point spread you you claimed last week. but, but, But even more important about losing the game was there was a lack of pride on that sideline, man. I mean, shoot, you know, these guys, you know, when I was at Mississippi State, you'd walk into Perry cafeteria and you'd get all excited because you're about to eat those real soupy eggs and, and that, you know, that fried chicken. And then who would you see? You'd see Dak Prescott sitting right there next to his people, not just athletes, students, the whole family. He associated himself with everybody there because they rooted for him on Saturdays. Right, And we still do it on Sundays. We root for Dak on Sundays, right? And guess who still has the pride? Dak does, because when his little face pops up on the screen and they introduce themselves and say, hey, my name is so-and-so, and this is where I'm from, what does Dak say? He said, Dak Prescott, hail state. That's the pride that Mississippi State should have. Right? I'm third-generation Mississippi State. My unborn children are already planning on going to Mississippi State. That's what's going to happen. Who wants to go to Mississippi State and at least play football when you got this bonehead more head as the coach there's no sense of urgency there's a lack of accountability right well what, what, what would make any student-athlete want to come work for this guy right and that's what this is this is the people development business It's the business that I'm in and I know that I'm responsible for my people I'm responsible for their performance whether it's good or bad if it's bad I have to own it if it's good I give them the praise and I give them the ownership and that's what retains my people. How are we going to retain players and get these athletes to come into Starkville and fight for the maroon and white with this guy at the top, right? And I understand we're not going to get the best coach in the world, but we can definitely do better than this. But anyway, guys, look, keep up the good work on the podcast. I noticed on the uh, ledger you guys now have some uh, listeners overseas. That's great. Keep up the good work. Hail State.
0: Thank you for your call, Aaron, and guys, I think he brings up some very valid points there. Hunter, what do you think about what Aaron just brought up? Well, I
1: think he's absolutely right. Uh, How can a student athlete look at our performance and uh, the way we act on the sideline and be like, wow, this is an energetic and enthusiastic team, and I want to come play for them. He brings up, that's a very good point. Talking about
0: recruiting, it's hard to recruit guys when you're, not winning football games, first of all. And when you see what Joe Moorhead's doing, he really looks like a lunatic in the regards to it. He doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't know how he's coaching. He looks like he does not have things under control. And as a student athlete, you're not looking for that coming in, into a program. So it does make recruiting harder.
1: Well, I will say – I will take off for Moorhead in this aspect. He is so – he's under so much pressure right now. Uh, that I think that's why his press conference came out like that. I feel like he – he is just in so much pressure, and he has no idea what to do.
0: Yeah. He's never been in a situation you know, before.
1: And I think he bit off a little bit more than he can chew. Yeah, that's why you don't go
0: hire a Big Ten offensive coordinator. Nail it in. That's just my opinion. Ivan, what do you think about Aaron saying that our guys have a lack of pride at the moment? Do you agree?
3: Yes, completely.
0: I I think that it really shows that Joe Moorhead has not instilled the maroon and right Pride into our players. I mean, look at our record.
1: As of right now, like, it, just from the outside looking in, it doesn't. If I was a Mississippi, if I was not a Mississippi State fan, I would look at the athletes and be like, you know, it doesn't even look like they're having fun anymore. It doesn't. I feel like this was
3: the most hype we've seen the players and the fans yeah. in a long, well, all season. Yeah. at this LSU game, they were so hyped, they were still so ready, and that's why it was a good first half of football.
0: But I just, I don't see the pride still there. It's not. I it's think not. he brought up a lot of good points. Did. And I don't think Joe Moore had showed anything last week to change our opinions from the previous episode where we talked about how bad of a coach he is. I think his seat is getting warmer as the weeks go by. And this as a little side note, do you all think we will make a bowl game? No. Because we've got – I mean, if, if we were a good football team, we could win every game, but, man, I'm coming down a stretch. But we've got three wins right now. And we've got to beat that. If we made a bowl, we'd have to beat Arkansas and Ole Miss. Dude, we don't
1: play good against Arkansas, other than last year. Um, we don't really play that well in Fayetteville. We always struggle in Fayetteville. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like that game is a toss up, and I feel like Ole Miss. I think that game. Was I just toss-up.
0: do not feel like we're gonna win the Egg ball. No, I. It just feels like one of those years where I'm like, Ole Miss is gonna come in here, and they're gonna want it more than we do, 'cause. They have more pride see, than we see, when we had
1: Dan, even if the team was better, we thought, we have a chance. We have a chance. Yeah. We can beat this team even if they're over with us. Now, it's just like, good God, let's get it over
2: with. Yeah. In the history of the Egg Bowl, for as far back as 2014, with the exception of last year, it was the team with the worst record who won the game in the end. So,
0: well, and, I think we're going to go into that game with the same record. And, no, actually, I think Ole Miss will have four wins. Ole Miss will be four and four and eight. No, four and seven, and we will be...
1: Five and six. I mean, I, I mean, I 100% agree with you
0: for it. I just think it's not looking good for the rest of the year. And I think – I really think this weekend's a big game because I think Texas A&M is beatable. It's just like I thought Tennessee was – right, that was a game we should have won. You can put that in the vault. <laughs> but I just feel like Texas A&M will really – set the tone for the rest of the season because Tennessee really set the tone as All right, it's bad we're a bad team Joe Moorhead's seat is hot and if we go and get demolished by AM, everybody the calls will get even louder for Moorhead's job
2: I think he's got one chance. It's the Egg Bowl where if we win and we make it bowl same time I think he'll be safe for one more year. Should he fail he's gone. It's, it'll come down to Thanksgiving
1: does I mean one hundred percent? It comes. Out I really hope
0: we don't do that junk where we make a ball game with five wins again. Though give
1: him a give him a contract extension or just say, come on, you got another year. He hasn't even extension. I don't him know him if John Cohen
0: and Mark Keenum will fire Joe Moorhead after two years. I just don't know. It really comes down to what those guys want. Don't, they don't give a crap what we think, but I, think that's the truth. I just I just don't know if they'll do it. I really want them to do it. I just don't know if they will. And if, they, if they're if they thinking they're going to fire him, they better go ahead and start making some phone calls so we can get a legit head coach. I say
1: we t- tank and uh, uh, get old Urban over here and stuff. I will take every Hugh violation. Freeze? I will take every violation. Hunter's, Hunter's social just, media
0: this week was blowing up with Hugh Freeze and Mississippi State gear. Look,
1: I don't care about the violations. I want to be known
0: as a winner. We could go We could go after. men's wins game. I like P.J. Flake.
2: P.J. Flake, yeah. That'd be a...
1: Great hire. Yeah, it's going to be hard be to get, lure
2: him away from Minnesota right now. I mean, the way they're looking. Yeah, he he rebuild the Minnesota program. I, I mean, I think he'd be great, but it's going to be hard to wrestle him away. I think we could
1: I like think we old, definitely. I think oval out of Memphis
0: wouldn't be a bad hire. I think all the guys we're saying, though, are head coaches. I think it's established we need to go get a head football coach. Yeah. Not an offensive coordinator, not a defensive coordinator, correct. a head football coach. That's
1: correct. Let the record state that Hunter Latham would not mind having the Memphis head coach. Mike Novak, bring him over. Oh, he'd
0: be a great hire. He would. He'd be an outstanding. This is a winner. Man. He is a winner. There's a bunch of like, I would not mind getting one of those group of five coaches, good head coaches who win a lot of football games. Frost. Those guys have done pretty good when they've gone to bigger schools. Makes you know a lot more about those coaches than Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, that's where. Okay, I'm right let's talk about Frost. Where's he at right now? Nebraska. Nebraska.
2: They're, I mean, they're turning around. I mean, he's based on where they were.
0: <laughs> they're supposed to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you not put there. that one in the vault, Hunter? I'm not going to say anything. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's still – Nebraska's a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> they are. There we go. Put that in the vault. Okay. Seal it. <laughs> but let's make our picks to conclude the episode. Let's pick a couple games here. Let's start – with Ohio State and Wisconsin at Ohio State this weekend, item, who you got?
3: Got the Buckeyes.
0: OSU Hunter. I've got Ohio State big in this game. Big, big he says. Big. I think,
1: I think they've got a. I think they know that they haven't really played anybody that they can match up with them on the field. And I think they know that'd be that a big
0: time that, win if they go and dominate. Oh
1: yeah, be sure. a huge statement for sure. Bates,
0: I think they got a statement to make.
2: I'm going the other way. I still think uh, Ohio State wins, but I say it's within seven.
0: I'm going to pick Ohio State, and I think it's just going to be, like, a couple touchdowns, not too big. A couple touchdowns, 10 points. Let's pick next game to pick. We want Auburn and LSU in Baton Rouge. Ivan, let's go with you. Go Tigers every day. LSU, Bates.
2: (laughs) This is going to be close. I'm going to go with Auburn. I really think if Auburn wants to leave a mark on the season, this will be their best chance. Hmm. Hunter. Are you gonna put that in the vault? Put it in the vault, Bates. Auburn in the vault. <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, he put it oh, in the vault. <laughs> right, so LSU is an eleven and a half favorite. I've got LSU. Yeah, L S U. it has nothing to do with the favorite. I just think I, I think
0: they're the better team. For sure. I've got LSU, but I think this is gonna be a very, very close football game. I think LSU's gonna get caught. Looking ahead to Alabama in a couple weeks, and I think Auburn will have a lead early in this game, but Coach O will get his guys regrouped, and I think they'll come back and win this football game. But do not be surprised if Auburn is winning this game in the half or late in the fourth quarter. I think Auburn's a good football team. I agree. I think the loss to Florida – I mean, I think Florida's a good football team. I just think we can't discard them just because they lost to Florida. I honestly won't be surprised either way, but I really want LSU to win because I think they're a good football team, and LSU versus Alabama, one versus two, will be the biggest game we've seen I just, in a long can't, time. I just can't see since LSU. The LSU, LSU, LSU <laughs> since the last it's not LSU. Since the last time LSU did a number
1: one game. I just can't see LSU losing with that receiving corner that they have, man. Over that's the, very true. The best freaking quarterback in college football.
0: Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in college football. No, I've huh. changed that. You could just put that man, on the record. August 4th has flush. changed his – yeah, very athlete of this entry. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge <laughs> <laughs> that's just You just sat on the record. The, you just hopped on the wagon. August Fort <laughs> looked at Jalen Hurts stat line this weekend and decided that Jalen Hurts is the best player in college football. Jalen Hurts is my highest in the game. I I'm just saying, I'm just impressed. Jalen Hurts is a dude. He's just and I saw Joe Burrow in person. He didn't really impress me until the second half. Anyway, Let's make our final pick. Mississippi State at Texas A&M. Ivan, I'll let you pick that one first.
2: Hell, State,
3: man.
0: You got State over A&M. I do. do. Bates, who you got?
2: I'm going with Ivan on this one. I think we're more desperate than they are. And that's sometimes all you need.
1: 11 o'clock game in Kyle Field. I don't think we get off the bus. I've got (laughs) A&M.
0: Hunter, is that one going in the vault? That's going in the vault. I've got Texas A&M, um, I, I think over 10, I think Texas a and will cover and be about two touchdowns. I just, I think neither team's good, but I think A&M <laughs> will beat us, because we are that bad of a football team. ESPN used to do a thing called the bottom 10, I don't know if they still do <laughs> They still
2: do, read it every week.
0: Mississippi State is definitely in the bottom 10 of college football right now.
2: We have not yet. We haven't even hit the coveted fifth spot, which is a
1: shame. It's kind of like what you said last week. LSU is the best team in the country,
0: and we are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) We are very bad. LSU is good. I think Auburn's good, but it's been a great show. That's all we have for today. Thank you everyone for listening to the Put It In The Vault podcast, and we look forward to having you all again next week.